Well, here we are. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. It's, uh, it is family long weekend. Uh, all these exciting things, and it's MRAC going live stream. Uh, I am so grateful for the many people that are part of making this all happen. I, I give thanks to Kyle that has been working to make this all come together with this team that is behind the cameras, behind all the, the soundboards and everything that we could do this. So we could bring the word live, knowing it, it's snowing outside and you guys are sitting home. You didn't have to drive in it today. That is all good things, right? So we are grateful that you are joining us. I want to come to, uh, I don't know how else to say this, but the question. When you think of Valentine's, you think of those moments where you go to the one you love and you bend your knee and you want to say, Will you marry me? The big question, right? You have no idea if you're, well, hopefully you do, because <laughs> you've been walking in a relationship with somebody, you're pretty sure they're going to say yes. And so you have known it, you come to this place, you've got the ring, you've set the time up. Everything is, just has to be perfect. Uh, at least so we think it's like, this is it, I'm going to do it today. Uh, think about that question, and now think of the text in Mark 8, where Jesus comes and asks that question. And my prayer is today that you will see, like Leanne's love story, you will see the love story unfold of how Jesus wants us to go deeper with him. And he's inviting you. So no matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in location, no matter where you are spiritually, there's something that God wants to say to us today. And Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, I had asked, Father, that you would give me your words. I asked, Lord, that you would open up our hearts by your Holy Spirit to receive what you have to say. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So it's Mark chapter 8. Uh, I'm only looking at a few verses uh, here. Whoop. I clicked too far again. Oh, <laughs> forgive me of going live. Here we are. Uh, and Jesus went on, on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. Which he, you know, they're journeying. This is a relationship thing. They're walking together. They've done this journey for a while. And now, specifically, we, when I talk about relationship, it says, on the way. He is on the way and with his disciples. They are walking along, and he brings up a conversation. Just like you or I would when you're walking and doing life together with people, there, there's questions that come up, and there's discussion. And so, He's the one who asked the disciples now. Now understand something. Disciples would ask the teacher questions. They would say, Rabbi, I have a question. And they would spew out knowledge, right? Well, here the, the rabbi, the teacher, turns. That's what tells me there's a relationship here in this passage. Jesus with his disciples, Okay, they've been together for a few years now. And so he asked them, who do people say that I am? Now, 
He is not asking this question for popularity. Oh, where am I in on the scales? You know, he's not trying to take over government, saying, do I have enough votes? That is not the intent of this question. The question is helping his disciples go deeper with him. It is a love question. And I don't know if you realize that. This is a deeper question he's coming to when he asks, who do the people say that I am? And we see it here in this text, but it is a powerful question to think about. Maybe you know people and you say, who do people say that I am? And we hear about it. If you watch Alpha, they go around and they ask questions. If you've been in the Alpha course of asking people, who do they think Jesus is? And they all have some great answers of, you know, this great person. But in that day, the disciples said to him, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And still others say the prophets. Now understand in that day, what this was referring to. I'll give you a term, sort of, John the Baptist came out of uh, Herod's uh, paranoia, you could say. So we'll say this one's a, a political answer because Herod had got John the Baptist killed. And so he was like, whoa, John the Baptist came back to life. Uh, so they would say John the Baptist. And there were people that followed that rumor and held to it saying, yeah, that's who Jesus was. Others were Elijah. And those people were more of the Jewish uh, traditional people. Uh, that would come out of Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. And let me read it for you so I can get it right. Sorry here. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now, we know when Jesus came on earth, it was the angels rejoiced the, the year of God's favor. But some of the Jewish people believe this. Even in today, in modern celebration of the Passover, they would have an extra chair there for Elijah in hope that he would be coming uh, to prepare the way for the Messiah. So we had the, the political... Uh, paranoia view. We have Elijah, sort of that Jewish belief of uh, who it could be or other of the prophets. Matthew talks about Jeremiah. So there were legit questions out there. This is where the people were. They all believed. You notice here, there weren't any that were lower than a prophet. They believed Jesus was somebody up there that God was using. They just didn't believe he was the Christ. But they believed him as an important person. He was a person that uh, had prophetic character and people followed him. He would, they believed he was a person of great integrity that would speak to the religious leaders, that would speak also to the governments. And he just had this person of integrity. He always spoke truth. So they followed Jesus, Jesus as one of these but they never could get to the place to call him the Christ. And maybe it was because what good could come out of Nazareth could be the possibility there. But they were following him. They acknowledged him as one of these people that was more than a prophet even. They saw him. Person used of God. Did miracles in the power of God. Spoke prophetically in the power of God. But just wasn't 
God. That's where people were at. Now, understand, Jesus wants to take them farther along in this process. And so he says, who do you say that I am? Interesting, in the Greek, it is much stronger. It's a higher intent. Like Jesus is like, but, but who do you say that I am? As he speaks this in this passage, he asks them, but do you, who do you say that I am? And here's this, this pause. Can you imagine? They're walking along. They're having a discussion about Jesus. And Jesus is talking with them. It's all good. You know, they're lingering along. And then Jesus asks this question. And you know Peter, if you've done any reading on Peter, he just, everybody stops. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And there was a moment as Peter almost shouts it out saying, this is what everybody believes here as, as followers, you know, the disciples. We're all in this. We know you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I'm, I'm quoting from Matthew there. Mark keeps it short. Uh, Matthew expands it to say, the son of the living God. And Jesus does not correct him. Now, take note of this. Remember, everybody else was saying, well, he's a prophet, you know. Here, a man of integrity. And he says, you're the Christ. And Jesus doesn't say, excuse me, you're wrong. He affirms it. He says, don't tell anybody right now. And in Matthew, he says, blessed are you, Peter, because flesh and blood has not given this information to you. It was the Father in heaven. So, powerful statement. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you say, wow. Now, everybody, no matter where you are in discussing where Jesus is, we, we come down to this agreement that Jesus walked this earth. That he walked this earth. He was part of first century, there he was, and we, we're all on that level. And we can't say that it was a, a, a legend or a, a myth or some historical, uh, mythical hero. He was real. He was more than a prophet. People saw he was a good person. He wasn't a liar. He spoke truth. Uh, Linda's uncle, in having discussion, he says, I've never known Jesus. I never caught Jesus in a lie, is how he said it. I never caught Jesus in a lie. He always speaks truth. So if Jesus speaks truth, and he accepts this from his disciples. He said, well, maybe Jesus didn't want to correct him. Well, we know if you read down just a little farther in the passage, Jesus rebukes Peter. says, Satan, get behind me. Okay, so we know Jesus corrects. He affirms that he is the Christ. And even farther, if you were to go farther in the scriptures, we will see more and more. Uh, Mark chapter 2 uh, we, we talked about this in our series where he says to this lame man that's been lowered down in front of him, religious leaders are in the crowd, and he says to the man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And they're like, whoa, blasphemy. And what do they say? Only God forgives sins. They're acknowledging Jesus is God forgiving sins. In John chapter 8, we come to another scripture, and if you had time today, read John chapter 8. There's a dispute going on. The Pharisees are challenging Jesus about, and they're saying, we're the 
Father Abraham, you know, he, he, we're his family, we are God's, and all this argument. And Jesus comes down to this one question. He says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, you, that might not make much sense to you, but to the Jewish religious leaders, it made a lot of sense. Because if we go back to Moses, Moses says, God is telling Moses, I want you to go into Egypt and I want you to bring freedom to our people. And he goes, but, but who am I supposed to say sent me? And he says, just say, I am. Whoa. God is I am. There's no beginning, no end. It's just I am. And now Jesus is saying to the religious leaders, I am. Whoa. He is saying he is God to the religious leaders, and they don't like that. They want to kill him. Uh, and it even says, I think, John 10, we are not stoning you for, for any of this. They want to kill him, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man, claim to be God. So again, Jesus Christ claims to be God. Either he's a lunatic and nobody dares to say he's a lunatic. He was a man of God who spoke truth. He asked the question. And understand, when, Jesus, when Peter says, you are the Christ, they have been walking with Jesus for what? Two, two and a half years, somewhere in there. Uh, they have seen Jesus do the miraculous. They have seen Jesus speak truth to multitudes of people. They have sat under his teaching. And can you imagine, they were there, right there, front and center, when Jesus would calm the waves and the wind by a word. That's it. They just said, stop. By the power of his word, Jesus calms the waves and the wind. They were there. They were there when Jesus healed the blind. They were there when he healed the deaf. They experienced Jesus healing, doing the miraculous, a leper becoming clean, speaking with power and authority to demons to cast demons out. They were there when he spoke about who he was, that he was the Son of God. They were there and heard from the scriptures everything of the fulfillment that Jesus was as the Son of God. Now, take note that you and I listening here today, we have the Word of God, so we have all that and more. We don't just have the Word of God. For 2,000 years, we have seen the church of Jesus Christ grow. More than that, like Leanne's story, we see people's lives transformed. Our lives, your life, has been changed because of Jesus Christ. He is powerful. And so when Peter comes to this statement and says, you are the Christ, it's not just a flippant answer. It was the real thing. They understand what the Word of God was saying. 
Jesus never denied, but he actually spoke that he was the son of the living God. There's another statement, it's quite interesting. The early church, when they come to this question, they used it a little different. Uh, They would say Jesus is Lord. It sort of encapsulated everything when they came to Jesus and acknowledged him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Knowing that when they said Jesus is Lord, that would put their life on the line. That would totally take them to a place where they could be killed. Us here in Canada, North America, if we said Jesus is Lord, it's not life-shaking in that sense, but it is life-changing. And Jesus wanted the disciples of that day to get to this place of understanding and confessing, speaking it out, using your words to say that he is the son of the living God. There's something about that confession that Jesus was bringing him in this love relationship, in this journey. He brings him to this point and says, who do you say that I am? You and I can all come. We know people in our conversations, we can bring them to that place of saying, who do you say Jesus is? It's a safe answer. Because it's out of a relationship that we talk that conversation. And Jesus did that exact thing. He, he brought them to that place. And you and I, Jesus gets us to that place and he asks us, Today, who do you say that I am? Now here's an opportunity for you that are listening. And if you're able to type in and you're chatting, can you say, Jesus is Lord? Can you type that in today? Let's confess it that way. Can you even go to the place of saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. Can you get to that place of acknowledging Jesus is my Lord? It is life-changing. Well, we, we can just, it's so easy to talk about, well, I just want to talk about philosophy. I want to talk about the life of Jesus. Oh, let's talk about his miracles. We can talk about all these things. And it's safe. The disciples could have talked, oh yeah, Jesus could ask the question, what about our miracle? How was, how's my miracles doing? What do you think of my teaching? He doesn't ask that question. As the journey, as he's walking along, he gets them to this place and he asks the question, who do you say that I am? Each one of us, we need to get to this place of saying, who do you say that I am? Are you able to say today, were you able to confess it, to say, Jesus, you are Lord. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Almighty One. He's the most amazing God. That statement will change your life. Leanne's story, and she has some, uh, she had... I had the opportunity to walk alongside her for a, a, a lot of years, and she would come in my office with many questions. Some profound questions, just amazing. Some life-shaking questions that she struggled with. Some crazy questions. But all those questions led up 
to the greatest one of all that she always had to come to every time. Jesus is the Christ. He is my Lord. And Jesus would come along gently and walk with her. And I watched. I mean, I would, when she would come in my office, I would just smile and I would be so excited because she would be in a, a frustrated moment. But I would just see what God's been doing over the years. God has been work, walking with her and her life continued to get transformed by the power of the risen Lord as she walked with Jesus. That's the life-changing effect of saying Jesus is Lord. This is not some uh, soft-pedaled message that Jesus was bringing. This was a a real needed statement because he knew he was coming because of a sin problem. That's why it's a love story. He said, I love you so much. For God so loved the world, he sent his son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is the power of God, that he loved us so much. He says, you have a sin problem, and I have come to deal with it, that it will be dealt with. See, you could say, why can't God just say, okay, I've dealt with it. I'll forgive you your sins, and none. But we still have the sin problem today. Jesus came to deal with the sin problem so you did not have to live under the power of sin anymore. He came to set us free. And that is why he brings the disciples to this place. Who do you say that I am? Because we have to get to this place of acknowledging all the good questions, but we still have to get to here to say, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So you listening today, I don't care if you've been in the church a hundred years, probably no one has been, but there's probably a few. Uh, That's not the important question. The important question is, is he your Lord? Because if I could share a glimpse of Ron Flynn's story that was part of MRAC, he's been in the church for years. And it was just last year that he came to this place and said, Jesus, you are my Lord. He walked in the lobby, sat in these benches. But there came a point where he had to say, Jesus is my Lord. And maybe you're listening today, and it's time for you to say, I confess, Jesus is my Lord. That he dealt with my sin problem. And I want to follow him all the way. May that be your story of life-changing. And it's not just life-changing here. It is life-changing for eternity. This is an important question. And I'm going to close off with just a, a scripture that helps us see, again, Jesus' deity and what he does for us. Now to him who is able to keep you. Now, just so you're clear, him is Jesus. Now to Jesus, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to him, to the only God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, said that backwards, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. That is the Lord Jesus that I serve. And if you have announced that Jesus is your Lord, 
That's the Lord Jesus you serve. Trust him. This is not just to say, I added Jesus to my life and I'm in control of my life. No, it's acknowledging Jesus is my Lord. I will go where he leads me. So come to that question. Who do you say Jesus is? Are you just say walking along and saying, I will do whatever I want? Are you coming to this place to say, Jesus is my Lord? Heavenly Father, as we close off this part, there is much to ponder. And Lord, as your spirit is speaking, I pray for those listening. I pray, God, that you would open their eyes to see more of who you are, all that you want to do in and through their lives. As Leanne has shared her story, that you will come into the mess. You will walk in. Lord, we don't, I'm so grateful we don't have to clean up our life before we come to you, that you help us as we come. And Lord, I pray this time of isolation, these challenges, would you be so near to these people? Would you minister to them? May they hear your voice and respond to you today and say yes to you. I ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.